0: Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks
1: and this is Lady Sativa.
0: You're listening to The Dirt Show
1: where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture.
0: The Dirt Show, episode 27, where we are the voice of Oregon's cannabis culture. How you doing, Lady Sativa?
1: Doing all right.
0: I keep switching that intro up on you.
1: Yeah, you do. It's all all good. I'm used to it now.
0: (laughs) We have a really cool special guest this episode. We had a really cool interview, too. Um, You got to sit in on that one with Hope Breeder from Mm -hmm. Full Spec Genetics.
1: Yeah, that was awesome.
0: I'm excited because we got to talk to him at the fair down here, and... Uh, we're running two of his genetics, Uh the floral dream and the silver heaven. And when we talked on the show or after the show, it sounds like we might be able to have an opportunity to even run a couple other outdoor uh, runs for him. So that's
1: exciting. Yes, it is. and we're, we are actually, we have the stuff to do it. The little, little mini greenhouse. We're all ready for more seeds if we need to.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, We have the
1: space for right now until they get bigger and overpopulate us
0: right right and and we'll definitely get to that in a second uh so check him out on instagram at full spec genetics he's also got a cool website fullspecgenetics.com you'll hear that on the interview Mm -hmm. but we're looking at it and it's got some pretty cool yeah it does good looking fat buds on there so shout out to you and enjoy enjoy that interview at the uh, end of the show here so, also wanted to mention to upcoming guests, um, we got Cashed Out still coming. Yes, we do, and we have Less Than Jake. Yep. Uh, the reason those are going to take me a moment is only because of the heavy ed- heavy editing.
1: The heavy editing. We got to put music in. Put We've That's gotta, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I just going to take some time.
0: It might take a little longer, but those they're coming up. So look for them.
1: Sorry, we don't have them out for you yet. Right. You know, we keep hyping it up but it is a little...
0: I'll just keep reminding people until I just we also, drill it into their heads. Well,
1: we also... We're trying.
0: Uh, and then we have J.D. Short coming up real soon. Uh, he's from Second Generation Genetics now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you don't know who he is, check him out. Uh, if you don't
1: know, now you know.
0: Yeah, well... <laughs> and he's in a long lineage of... Uh, a uh, good breeder, but I'm gonna let him do all the introducing. So
1: Yep when the time comes. And we still
0: have Stayfly coming out, original Dangsta from Stayfly Farms. Yeah. Uh, that's a good interview too. We've talked to them and it was it was a great interview. I had a good time. Yeah. And My hopefully shirts. Yeah, and we, we need to go see the farms, so we need to
1: Yes, know. but we have to wait until the right prime time. <laughs> so as is right now is kinda of not the prime time to go see any farms
0: no you know that's the thing when i talk to them they're like yeah great but um not this second
1: everything's kind of short and not pretty to look at at the moment yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so i do know there's some people doing some growing this time of year though and squeaking it out but uh also too i'm gonna fit in some now i at the fair i got to talk to a gentleman that does he sells locally beneficial insects and i got a lot of good info from him so one of these days when it's just me sitting here, I'm going to fit in a little episode of just that. We're getting into springtime, and a lot of people, especially in Oregon, grow you know heavy outdoors. So I want to talk about, now we've done Beneficials in the past. Mm-hmm. We got it from the Women Grow. Yep. And that episode got really good ratings. I got some emails from it. And so I think I'm going to recap, but in a different way. I really kind of just went through like the whole Latin names and everything, which I'm going to present. But this one, you know, this will be a lot more layman's terms. And, you know, it's a good time to start thinking about that because if you don't want to use pesticides and stuff, then here's your your chance to learn what you need to use. Exactly. I'll fit it in. Anyway, okay. So what's up? I'm done with that page.
1: (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) So
0: what's up? Give us a. So the introduction's done, right? Yeah. Here you go. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, it's your turn. Tell us what's going on in dispensary news, dispensary updates. What's going on in Well, our world? shelves
1: are slowly stocking, stockpiling back up. We've got um, select strains. We've got CBD cartridges. We've got, uh, which are actually, I think they're two to one. Uh, I don't think they're one to one because, well, they might be about even. It's 42 to, 42 to 37. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the CBD is 42, and the THC is 37. Um, anyways, so we've got the Dappables back on the shelf. We've got some Shatter. We've got some Sap. We've got...
0: Now, I, I know, you know, right now, when we went through Portland, all the dispensaries I saw, their just concentrates were, like, nothing less than 90 bucks a gram.
1: Yes. Well, Hush is back on our shelves.
0: That was what I was getting at. Is yes. so, And we've got... We had a gram that we've been... <laughs> actually doing real good on we didn't suck it down too quick no but that was you've from got hush. good flour too <laughs> i know i know i was getting to that yeah <laughs> uh so you know we tried the hush and that's good pricing and um it was the granddaddy purple mm-hmm. which i picked because of the heavy indica yep but i like it so i don't know why everybody's you know i know it's a hard market but geez i hope that they keep
1: People everybody, like hey, everybody is excited that Hush is back on yeah, the shelves exactly. when it comes to it because yeah. the fact that it is the, the, you know, it's inexpensive for us.
0: So we've been smoking on that along with really good flour. We had that pistol.
1: The pistol point
0: Clementine. Point Clementine. Oh, yeah. I, I, I could see that on the front cover of an issue at some point.
1: That is That is my baby when it comes to stuff. Now, I think that, I don't know if it's taken okay. over my green apple.
0: It's a 29% sativa. 29.1% sativa. sativa. Wow.
1: Yes, but it That's sure is hell. Lady Sativa is taking over this one when yeah, it comes yeah. to it. Most of the like, time, I'm like not it. a sativa person, strangely it's enough.
0: That. Oh, yeah. That sounds a little ironic or oxymoronic. Well,
1: Lady Indica didn't sound too hot, and neither did, neither did uh, Lady Hybrid, so uh, <laughs> I think Lady Sativa oh, won the buck when it came to the name, So, <laughs> but... When it comes to my choice, I am pretty much hyperactive. As you know, I need something more on the heavier side to keep me calm when what, it comes to stuff.
0: Yeah. That's the thing is that stuff works really good. Oh, made, that was, yeah, it made me, um, could definitely tell it wasn't a sativa. Now I, I, uh, you know, tried it cause I went over and hung out with Jay for a couple of days mm-hmm. from Jaybird farms and shout out to you, dude. I love you, man. <laughs> uh, We tried that. I brought it in, and Mm -hmm. we, his wife, and him tried it, and uh, it was just too much. (laughs) They don't don't like the heavy sativas, (laughs) so. uh, But you know, I I told him twenty nine percent, and it's really good, and it smells really good Mm -hmm. too. The flavor was a little different than the smell,
1: but yeah, there you go. I I enjoyed it. It tasted like it tasted like a clementine to me, but. Everybody yeah. else didn't so much agree. You could taste the tangy in it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And somehow came into some cookies, some blue cookies, which oh, we're yeah. smoking on tonight. Which is,
1: bam. Oh, and some Louis. We had some Louis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bragging on that one a bit. I don't
0: know how I came about it. It just happened. It fell. But,
1: out of the sky. So. Like man. <laughs> that was really appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs>
0: Anyway, so is that Manna from the cannabis god. Yeah, I I just had to say that because really good flour lately, too. And this stuff is just awesome.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's what kept our dab around a little longer.
0: Yeah, yeah. The only thing
1: that did. Because if we didn't, like, and it was nice smoking actual joints that were made out of some nice shit.
0: Yeah, and blue cookies, you know, like when I was there doing that work with them, uh, those plants are gorgeous. Any old time, they're a little bit shorter, but really, really nice looking plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really nice. Was a really good time there. I'll talk more about that later. All right. So is that it? Is that all you got for?
1: Um, flower wise, we got more coming in. Just keep checking Leafly. Yeah. Keep checking in. Always stay up on everything like Instagram when it comes to THC, which is THC Talent Health Club. Mm-hmm. You can find it there okay. or even Talent Health Club Backup. There's also that one, but that one's not really. That one is basically you should follow it just in case.
0: I know it's strange to be, you know, having to deal with that. Yes. Having to have backup accounts. Had, yes. And most they've people already do had one. If you have, yeah. If you get have. Get
1: closed down on them. Yeah. If you're well, cannabis have, yeah. related. Mm-hmm. I hmm. Which is think, funny enough.
0: I don't think ours would ever have that problem because we don't post. We post a variety of stuff, but these poor guys that are posting, even dispensaries that are, that's all that's being posted.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, if you've you know, noticed that it's not all that w- they make sure to post, at least. Right. Yeah. Which I think helps. But mm-hmm. so, but yeah.
0: So let's go in a quick grow talk and then a quick couple of news stories concerning Oregon that are pretty crazy. And then we'll just go right into that interview. We've done some seed popping.
1: Yes, we We have. said we were doing bean we were, popping.
0: Yeah, thank you. We said that last episode, well, we're that farther along on it, so we've got several that are hanging out with their, even the first set of tree leaves coming out.
1: Hanging out with their wing out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and what's really cool is what three, we had three out of three that are charging along with the Three out of three for the
1: floral dream. Mm -hmm. No, we had three out of three for the cookie lion, so cookies of Asgard. Yeah. Which, that's the name I named it was Cookie Lion, just so everybody knows. Yeah, these um, are personal names, not yeah. to be
0: confused with the correct names.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> it's Cookies of Asgard. I named her Cookie Lion.
0: Okay, which is by Odin Ray. That's Shiloh Parkin. And those are the, so name far...
1: dedicated to Empire.
0: So far, those have <laughs> been the quickest and strongest looking, by the way. So shout oh, out yeah. to Shiloh.
1: Um, actually, I no, hope the he gets floral to hear dreams this. right there, too. What's that? When it comes to the green hmm. already, the... The um, Cookies of Asgard is taking over the green, but the Floral Dream is right behind her. Correct, yeah. Full right Specs got it right there oh, with yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's exciting. Got, we've got, what, one of the Chocodile popping up? And one of the King's Cake, I believe. No, okay. it was the Silver. It was Silver Dream. Yeah. Or Silver Haze. Just silver Dream. Yeah. Silver Heaven. Which one is it? It's Silver Dream. <laughs> Uh, floral, floral dream dreams, silver, silver heaven, heaven. There thank you, you. Jeez. <laughs> all right
0: so for anybody that's new all we did there's there's just so many ways you can germinate and do things we talked last time about how we're going to do eggs we're going to walk through that process real quick uh we're going to be doing beans that way we've also are doing peat pellets yes, yes. We, now so, if and as
1: of this time we decided that we needed to start with the peat because the seeds were quicker Done, then we could do the eggs,
0: yeah, which so because it is we'll, a process for yeah. the eggs. So, so we'll walk through that. Yes, and so then, we are going to do um, some
1: of them in the eggs, though. Yeah.
0: But if you're beginner, peat pellets are really easy, very know? easy. You
1: can get them at what well, we got them at, uh, Lowe's, Lowe's, yeah. yeah. And we've got like six bucks for that whole, yeah, it's just real it, simple. And it
0: just comes with the humidity dome, too, and everything. Mm-hmm. It's real easy. So, I mean, but there's other ways people choose to do it, there's those grow cubes. They're a little more foamy. They've got the hydro, uh, excuse me, the, um,
1: <laughs> I don't remember. Rock wool, rock wool
0: cubes, which I don't recommend that for beginners. You know, that's more immediate to an advanced method. Cause you can have problems with that. Uh, but so we just, I, to germinate them, we put them in little cups, those little Dixie cups, yeah. uh, color coded with, uh,
1: the little shot glasses. I don't know if yeah. you've, you've seen them. They're the little solo yeah. shot glasses. pretty kick-ass
0: yeah 74 degrees uh water Mm -hmm. um temp with 15 mils per gallon of slf i did that on purpose to see that and then i also this next round of seeds that we're popping we're going to use some sort of inoculant like a mycorrhizae of some sort Mm -hmm. without the slf so we'll see on that one
1: so we're going to compare to the difference between them yeah i just yeah
0: and then some people, you know, again, there's different methods to doing that. You can use a paper towel and keep it soaked. That works. And once you see that husk break, then you can see that little taproot popping out. Then you'd want to put it in your peat pellet or whatever medium you're going to be using. You can literally put them into dirt, which is what you're going to do with the eggs. Right. And so we'll just go into that real quick. So with the eggs, you just poke a hole. You take your egg, poke a hole with a thumbtack on the bottom of it.
1: Yes sorry right. I was getting the directions up right here
0: yeah that's fine yeah and, and then, then you uh, take a knife and you cut around the top correct yeah. yep so yeah. you
1: get it it's about um, what does it say right here lightly tap the top of the egg and then pick your way down cutting carefully with sharp serrated knife may work too you want to empty it out from the bowl and uh, from the shell into the bowl make an omelet or for scramble whatever but basically you want to do um, a quarter of the egg so the very top of the egg, you want it flat, and that's where you would. Um, that's where you would leave it open. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Of course, and then you drain your egg out. Yep. Save it or use it. You can either put it in the refrigerator and use it soon. Yep. Or uh, just use it then. You want to you know rinse them out and then boil the eggshells for three minutes.
1: Yes, it says you want to. Um, you want to make sure to kill any bacteria, of course.
0: Obviously, you don't, and you don't want any kind of funky bacteria in your yes. soil and stuff.
1: And then you want to inspect the eggshells for leftover debris and let them dry. Yeah. Well, I'd rinse and them you first,
0: can... you know, and then boil them. So there's probably, hopefully, zero things well, left in there. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> um, and then you'll, of course, do the dirt inside of it. And then you can prop it up and, you know, you could do it creative. Like, on this one is on a rock. That's cute. Um, or you can just set them inside of the egg things until they're ready to
0: go. Yeah, if you want to be totally resourceful, you can just put them right onto the uh, egg crate and store them that way in the humidity dome.
1: And then you can write on the outside of the eggshell so you know what they are.
0: Correct, with a marker. Mm -hmm. Or I I, I prefer color coding only because I am really, I prefer like to, and I'm not colorblind, so there you go. I guess if you're colorblind, that's a stupid way to do things. But, I mean, you know, being able to see those colors for me is a little easier. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah' words, and whatever I have you use. everything color coded but I also have it written down
0: <laughs> aren't you so I'm good thorough <laughs> <clears throat> Now the dirt just you want to use something light you don't need anything with heavy nutrient you know nutrients in it uh, right. we talked about that we I'm gonna put light warrior in there which is just a fox farm dirt At this point I'm not really worried too much about specific dirts there's a lot of good dirts out there mm-hmm. a lot of dirts that may or may not be better for for your situation or your opinion so but again this is a small amount of dirt in that egg and this light is good enough you know to start in so yes, that's what we're going to do
1: yes and what's nice about the eggs egg is it's an extra source of calcium for yeah so as it breaks down mm-hmm. yeah and it
0: breaks down slowly so that'll just be benefit and it's also very resourceful i mean you know it's yeah. pretty cheap if you eat eggs because you yeah. can use the carton and we like eggs <laughs> so do the kids.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're set
0: <laughs> so we'll keep you updated with that for the grow this year and then you know we'll bring in some of that beneficial talk I was talking about uh, but this year we're going straight greenhouse style yes no we matter are. what uh, and then that's gonna be we talked about what kind of sides we're putting on we may put on your regular greenhouse sides
1: yeah we're discussing it we're still in we're still in the process we still got to get the backyard all set up first yeah and well, get it in the right Aligned spots so we have a place for it.
0: Plants are on their way, and I'm going to get two crops this year. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to produce our first crop by June ish, and then we're going to have our main crop that we'd normally do through the year, all you know, going for the right. whole year, right? So, and I, that's going to be easy to do, it's just all a matter of timing. Um, you can light up it if you get the option. But if you don't have that option, you can actually literally have the season do it for you. Mm -hmm. And that's that's to the people that have already made the mistake of putting their plants out too early. You'll find that if you time it right as well, you'll get pretty decent sized plants. Not big ones, but decent size. And you'll get nice, large, chunky nugs on there. Right. You know... The kind that you wait for indoors for quite a while. So you'd be surprised what you can get out of that first little bump there. A lot of people, though, will not take that crop. They will do, as you know, (laughs) just let it go back to veg and -hmm. then run it for the rest of the year, which you lose so much time on the plant. Right. I mean, you lose at least a month, maybe a month and a half of real good growing time.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: where it just suffers. And then when it grows back, it can be odd looking. It can have the three-leaf thing going on. And it's just... It's brutal. If you can, you're better off chopping off the the buds and and starting over. But if you put your plants out, this at least in this region, the first part of June, you're good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, not seeds, but plants like either clones or seeds that you've already popped. Right. June first is key, and then you can just have huge plants if you want. Right. 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 <laughs> okay. Let's get into the news, what you got there about the organ. Read the one that's really cool, the, the, the one that's actually.
1: The organ bill?
0: Yeah. Okay. For those of you who've read this, this is pretty cool. We posted it up on our own Facebook a couple, three, four days ago, mm-hmm. and I think it really is a cool step.
1: Yeah. So um, from the Organ Live by Lizzie Acker, it says, organ bill would make it illegal to fire someone for off-duty marijuana use. Um, it says a bill introduced in the Oregon Senate would mean no more tests for cannabis use as a condition for employment and no more and uh, no more fear that casual use of now legal in Oregon substance could cost you your job. Senate Bill 301 first read on January 7th provides that conditioning employment on refraining from using any substance that is unlaw or that is lawful to use in the state is unlawful employment practice. Basically, can't smoke pot on your free time even. <laughs> That's the general rundown. I right know. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um well the bill doesn't you have no right to you. Yeah. Basically. Well the bill doesn't explicitly state it refers to cannabis products. It was put forth by the Joint Interim Marijuana Legalization Committee, which seeks to address the fact that in a state where cannabis consumption is legal, it is still legal to fire an employee who fails to test for cannabis. So in other words, the only way that you're clear is if you have an OMMP card. That's the only way you're clear in yeah. the state of Oregon until this law came out. Well, and around. even
0: then, I don't even know if... I think they could fire you for any reason, but...
1: Since the legalization of cannabis in Oregon, some people say they have been fired for off-duty use. In May of 2015, Sid Marrer, 25, a morning weekend anchor at Eugene's ABC affiliate, said she was fired for failing a drug test. After getting into a minor fender bender while on assignment for K-E-Z-I, this bill would make marijuana use legally similar to tobacco use, meaning as long as the consumption doesn't happen during work hours or interfere with work duties, it would be illegal to fire someone or not hire someone based on casual use. Since Oregon is an at-will employment state. Anyone can be fired for anything not specifically protected under law. Alcohol use is not protected by tobacco, but tobacco use is. The bill allows exemption if an applicable... (laughs) Sorry, big words thrown together. If an applicable collective bargaining agreement prohibits off-duty use. So if it passes, you'll want to check with your union before you light up.
0: Yeah. That's still a good step. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing about Oregon is they can just find, you know, essentially they can fire you as long as they don't, you know, you can't prove that it was based on marijuana or whatever, or whatever reason is. Right. They can still fire you or let you go or whatever. So that at will state is the key word there. But at least you have some protection.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. now I just want <clears throat> to, I don't want to switch gears too far, but you know, wh- where'd that come from?
1: That one came from Organ Live.
0: Organ Live. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is out of Dope Magazine, and they claim, Dope says... Huh?
1: I said, I read that. That it came from Organ Live at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I was just making sure.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I was reminding you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, So dopest organ strains according to dope magazine now most stoners probably read dope if you read a magazine it's pretty good magazine i'm sure
1: that if you go into a dispensary you would find yourself picking up a free one
0: exactly yeah yeah they say i found this pretty cool Synex. they attribute to Oregonians, although they said it's been reputed to come out of vancouver washington i don't know about that i know it's a good strain uh, they say it's a cross between Cinderella '99 and Vortex, which I think came from TGA seeds. Originally, the Vortex, but Space Candy. Have you ever had that space? No, I haven't had. No, I haven't, no, I haven't it tried Space Candy. Space Candy, a newer varietal bred from Space Queen and Cotton Candy Kush by Heroes of the Farm, is one of the most unforgettable strains. Apparently, that comes out of Oregon. Hmm. Platinum Huckleberry Cookies.
1: Nope, haven't tried that one yet no, either. We've we had, tried the Huckleberry Dab.
0: Well, that was from
1: Dab Society.
0: Yeah, which is what um, I thought that was Platinum Huckleberry. That was the concentrate.
1: I, we still haven't tried the flower.
0: No, true.
1: That's yeah, what that's they're talking true. about is yeah. flower. No, I know, I know. <laughs> What's well, where it comes from? She's doesn't mean that it tastes like the flower
0: obama kush (laughs) now i know i know mongo grew some obama i've I've, so we've seen it in in plant form it's pretty dark it's pretty cool looking do you remember that
1: yes i've never tried it in the flower form but we have tried it in dab
0: Uh uh-huh yeah and it's good uh and then dj shorts blueberry haha shout out to jd on that one Um, we've
1: tried one out of the six of these
0: that's iconic yeah the blueberry and so many strains have come from it Uh, I'm going to read this one real quick. It says, When this celebrated stream came onto the scene, it forever altered the international cannabis landscape. DJ Short developed this renowned indica with genetics tracing back to the 70s land races. A first-generation, what it says, highland Thai seed grown in the Pacific Northwest, a purple Thai, and an Afghani indica that made its way to southern Oregon. In the 90s, DJ Short collaborated with Dutch Passion to proliferate the Blue family throughout Europe. Uh, It just goes on to explain the blueberry and stuff. But, you know, that had... It was part of Blue Dream. It's been a lot of other strains, too, that were pretty cool. Nice. So, and then Mount Hood Magic, they claim. So, that's six awesome ones. Um, Apparently, I I haven't had, like, four of them. uh, But it says this comes from a Northern Lights 5 and Durban Poison Cross. Hmm. And we just had some Durban Poison. That's an old-school classic.
1: Enjoyed the Durban. Actually, we've had two different types of Durban Poison. We've had... We've had uh, medical grown and we had recreational grown.
0: Yeah. And the one thing is, is there's so many strains come out every year that are so good. It's it's, it's almost like it's you can't be a classic for too long before you either get kicked out because you're too common or. Right. You know. But, or you get
1: sold off so fast that there is none of you left. But, you know, like. <laughs> Such uh, as the mochi and the gelato. Speaking of, those are, those are some favorites there. Yeah. The gelato's.
0: Well, that's the thing is, so, All of them. so Sherbinski <laughs> put out, uh, through like TKO put out their seeds, the, uh, gelatos, the mochis and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And those are huge. Uh, you like this Clementine. Oh,
1: that, yeah. From Pistol Point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: so just a lot of other good strains. And we, as we know, Jabird's is is as good as those mm-hmm. and his always sold out. Oh yeah. So, I mean, there's just so many other
1: options. Yeah. That are pretty good. Yeah, so. I don't agree that Cinex shouldn't be. A, I
0: like Cinex. It's just I, I think it's yeah, an older strain.
1: I it was all right. It wasn't my favorite. Listen to you. I I would choose a different like <laughs> I would choose like Blue oh Dream God. over Cinex, really? to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, that's gotta be that's moved up to gotta be wanna be you one mean, of my favorites. You
0: mean Shadow Box is Blue Dream?
1: Shadow Box is <laughs> Blue Dream, I am a snob for, yes.
0: <laughs> Didn't you say you just sold out all that?
1: Yeah. I was really sad about that.
0: Well, she bought the whole last.
1: Yeah, all twenty-eight grams singly. Single grams.
0: <laughs> Did you package that up in one big child-proof like vault?
1: <laughs> no, they're all individually packaged grams, so they're all individually child-proof. So we just put oh them into a big. Oh, okay. Because the threw them container. into okay. a big paper bag with the stamp on it and said, "Here you go, <laughs> like a grocery sack. bag. Here you go." Here, take your weed. Paper or plastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have plastic. That's not an option. We don't have any. So do you think enough. she
0: left like she put one up on the shelf for each day? Just one jar a day. I don't know. Because, but
1: she really wished she didn't have to take all those pop tops because she didn't. She probably want went
0: it. straight home, put it all in a some crappy zip, and then just landfilled the rest right. of those.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> no, because she wanted to recycle them. She like, Can you guys just keep these? Everybody says that. The pop-tops. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) No, we can't keep your pop-tops. We can't just send you out with the weed. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, somebody asked if they could just take the joint out and leave us the pop-top. And we're like, no, you have to carry it out with the pop-top. That's the legal way to do it. Sorry. (laughs)
0: Um, I wanted to mention real quick here one that's really cool. This is kind of a landmark for probably any state, but definitely for Oregon, too. But marijuana home delivery starts Mm -hmm. in our favorite town of PDX, Portland.
1: Yes. And you were actually, you and I were discussing it the other day with Talent Health Club. We are going to start doing it for talent. Have to. Yes. Home deliveries for can't say when it's going to start, well, but they it, would like to start it it's here gonna, soon.
0: It's going to have to start because it says Oregon is rolling out another first. This is out. Sorry.
1: But it can only be city to city. So you can, oh, this dispensaries can only deliver to their own city. They can't deliver like <laughs> talent. Couldn't deliver to Medford, I guess you
0: better know what you're talking about. Cause I'm going to read the article.
1: Okay. It's the just are You're all, always giving me a hard time. This is from the boss, so discuss it with him. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he told me.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it'll say that. Hold on. Okay, so this is from ksdk.com, which is it's a Fox Channel News 5 out of Portland, Oregon. It says, Oregon is rolling out another first in the recreational marijuana industry. Customers may now order pot from licensed retailers and have it delivered to their homes. The Oregon Liquor Control Commission had granted delivery permits to 117 retailers across Oregon, so it sounds like anybody can get it now. Yeah. 117 retailers? No problem. 13 of those were in Portland, uh, but got postponed their permission until last month, so just recently. It says we needed to make an adaptation to the cannabis tracking system to provide a document that would actually allow for the delivery of recreational marijuana to homes, said OLCC spokesman Mark Pettinger. There are several OCC rules regulating cannabis. So here it is. Um, Marijuana retailers can only deliver within the city they're licensed in. Hmm. That was rule number one.
1: Bam, bitch. (laughs) God.
0: (laughs) Told you you better be right. I am right. Uh, The marijuana must be transported in a locked box and secured to the delivery vehicle. Holy crap. So you had to bolt that thing onto it. Which can carry no more than three thousand dollars worth of product at a time. It means a lot of trips back to the store. Didn't we see
1: <laughs> didn't we see a van uh, at the Indo Expo that was like that though?
0: But I think what do you mean? Didn't wasn't like there that? a
1: van that showed that it had little individual lock boxes for each one?
0: Yeah, and I think there's something
1: Or know. it was a lock box or something that goes inside of it was something that showed for marijuana delivery
0: oh i thought it was for um could be i thought also too there was something that had to do with marijuana transporting between farms and like dispensaries and stuff yes
1: i think that's it was like the same thing though they said Uh and also for in the future when we do decide to do home deliveries is what all those lock boxes
0: better be lots of customers three thousand dollars not and that might not be a lot of weed right right because you like sell what six seven hundred at a time sometimes
1: not often. No, no you oh. can't sell more than $300 to a person. Total. Well, cuz an ounce is about 300 and 360, so you can't sell more than that unless they're going to buy more products such as chocolates and stuff. Right. That's the only sure. way you can sell over yeah. that. Yeah. But of cannabis, no, you can of straight flour, you can only sell an ounce.
0: Says retailers can't deliver product to places like motels. Oh, that just ruins half your business campgrounds which is the other half your business <laughs> and or dorms oh which is any balance left there
1: well no because not every town has colleges what? in it so we're we're good in talent because there's no college in talent yeah when your city <laughs> limits
0: are so damn small like, we got
1: a two mile radius <laughs> you don't even need to
0: have a economical vehicle we could have a
1: bicycle <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a skateboard with a lock safe a longboard trailer <laughs> why not that green guy the green lady green guy depending on the day could be the delivery right green man green man well green it was a green man. girl yeah it was that's what gre- I thought. no it was yeah. a green woman. man yeah okay so it says uh campgrounds or dorms just residential homes so you must have an address i guess mm-hmm. it's cool. not gonna be like pizza <laughs> Says, I love your
1: sarcasm.
0: <laughs> well, this is there are people who need it and are not able to get around quite as well as I am, said customer James Earl. It is a very useful thing for them to have access to. So it sounds like it's a slow start anyway. It says you have to be 21 years of age, of course, and the deliveries can only be made between 8 a.m. and 9 p.m.
1: Which is the same How is
0: that fair? You can get alcohol till like 2 in the morning. You can't
1: buy weed past that either, though, because that's what the regulations are for the stores, even, of when they can be open. That's true. It's just not fair. You can only sell medical, you can only sell cannabis between the hours of 8 and, I think it's 8 and 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. is illegal hours to be open. It's either, I think, yeah, I think it's 8 to 10. (laughs) I could be wrong on that. It could be eight to nine, but I know that it's eight o'clock in the morning is when it starts. That's cool.
0: Um, I don't know. It's. I just think it's not fair. It should be till two in the morning. <laughs> you know how much more business. No, you technically
1: get? you can't go to a liquor store till two o'clock in the morning. You can only go until nine o'clock at night. Uh, that's true. On Sundays, you can only right. go until seven. You have to go to a bar after that. Trust me, seven o'clock at night. Well, on, then, okay, on Sundays,
0: okay. so you should be able to buy cannabis in a bar after dispensaries
1: close they don't even have <laughs> bars for that yet <laughs>
0: all right so that's that's really it I mean it's pretty simple um, but it says I like number
1: this. one rule has to be in city limits <laughs>
0: you're funny <laughs> at the bottom here it says this is like you're going to call the pizza guy then you're going to call us
1: <laughs> in that order Jimmy Johns <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. Sorry, that was my entertainment article for the day. Nice. Did you have anything else? Or um, I-,
1: I only have the one more, which it's just kind of a reenactment, I guess you could say, of when we had talked about it before. For the medical marijuana dispensary is no longer selling rec pot.
0: Yes, right. Yes, another from, another freaking milestone. It's just an
1: update. I, I Every... Every day I get asked at least 10 to 20 times a day about medical, recreational. They're confused by it. What's going on? Why is this place closed? Why is that place closed? Why why can't I find this stuff on this shelf anymore? It's, it's ridiculous. Okay. I, I understand. Not everybody knows. Pay attention to the news. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's my, I'm done on my soapbox. Um,
0: Pay attention. Wow. Aren't you a great news lady? <laughs> Pay attention to you're your kind. News. You're kind. Just <laughs> lost half I've... our listenership. Thanks. <laughs> wow. Whatever. Jeez. No, I
1: didn't. <laughs> um, but okay, so medical marijuana dispensaries no longer selling rec pot from Oregon Live. It's written by Noel Crombie. It says Oregon this month passed the latest marijuana milestone. The end of recreational sales at medical marijuana dispensaries. The big shift the big shift. And stopgap. <laughs> would, would you say big shift? <laughs> I could have swore you said big shit.
0: I could have swore you just said the big it.
1: shit. And stopgap. <laughs> uh, state permission for dispensaries to sell marijuana to anyone over twenty-one. As regulators spent the last the past year and half, year and a half, drafting rules for new recreational market. The transition comes with other significant changes. Recreational consumers can now buy more marijuana flower and will pay lower sales taxes on pot. But they probably will find fewer places to buy marijuana, at least for a while, as dispensaries make the switch. So places, I'll even throw out an example, such as Grateful Meds is closed right now, has been for about two weeks, almost three, uh, because they have to make their switch over.
0: Why do they have to be closed?
1: Uh, Maybe because they couldn't afford to pay their people because they had to get everything off their shelf. Yeah, I think honestly what it is, is if you chose to be recreational before the first, Mm -hmm. all of your products could be grandfathered in. Oh, If you chose after the first, you kind of screwed yourself. You have to completely clear everything off your shelf and start from scratch. Wow. Everything has to be recreational. Where does that have to go? I don't know. I don't know if it goes back to the medical. I I don't know. I'm not positive. But I think that that's what is going on and why places are closed, such as Grateful Meds. But I know that Green Valley, we found out right before the first that they went recreational. Remember? Yeah. And they chose to do it before January 1st. So I honestly think that that's why all their stuff got grandfathered in and that's why stuff they still had squibs and stuff on their shelves is because of the fact that it had been grandfathered in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Though the state is still home to 300 dispensaries, the number is expect to continue to drop as medical-only shops migrate to a larger recreational industry. Nobody is going to survive being medical-only, which is true because we've noticed that it, a lot of them are kind of dying off. Yeah. I don't see many that are medical anymore. Most of them are recreational now.
0: Two, so 2017 might be the end of OMMP.
1: Yeah. But I There's see no it.
0: more fight because they're either going to get, they're either going to win it or they're not, but there's just not enough.
1: Right. Yeah. There's not.
0: Even stores aren't backing it.
1: Uh-uh. Says nobody's going to survive being medical only. Um,
0: Patients will have to find growers that actually are just like in the real early days where it was literally you got people's cards together and you found a way to get enough land and or whatever or enough nutrients even right. to, to get it all done and then spread that out.
1: Yeah. Um, it says... Br- that was Brad, owner of Canadaddy's at Recreational Shop in Portland. Uh, business at his store shot up to 15 to 20% last week, a spike he attributes to an influx in the customers who previously shopped in a near- nearby dispensary that don't yet have their recreational license through the Oregon Liquor Control Commission. The state received at least 70 new requests from dispensary owners who intended to quit, to quit the medical marijuana program, presumably to transfer into the recreational system in Portland which has its own licensing system for marijuana businesses 41 recreational cannabis shops are up and running it's a lot yeah it is <laughs> uh, the city is awaiting on another 17 retail licenses 30 more 32 more have been approved for the state it hasn't yet signed off. Ultimately, the state expects to license about 400 recreational marijuana shops across Oregon with dozens in Portland, raising concerns among regulators about market saturation. If product exceeds demand, as Liquor Commission officials fear, marijuana is likely to filter into the illicit market. Uh, Steve Marks, executive director of the Liquor Control Commission, said he's heard reports of legal marijuana leaking into the black market but agency inspectors haven't found evidence of any manipulation of the system. In other words, I'm guessing that some dispensaries are leaking is what it's saying. It says, so far, the officers have inspected 46 dispensaries. Westfall said that the agency is prepared for high, non- high noncompliance, but has found only one dispensary in violation, which is good.
0: Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, people are trying. They're, yeah. They have been since the beginning, really.
1: hmm. Yeah. So, Anyways, so basically they're separate now. Yeah. You can't, yes, you can still go to a recreational shop and get medical discounts, but you get the recreational amount. Mm. That's what you get. Can't get any more than that. If you want to get more than that, (laughs) you've got to figure that out on your own. Yeah. We are a recreational establishment, we don't have all your answers, (laughs) such as. Tinctures? Why can't you guys find them? Um, well, we got about as you much have vendors. as you do. Yeah, yeah you got to have vendors. Well, and then what, You know, go talk to your grower. Well, how do I do that? You're going to have to figure that out on your own. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, sorry, but we all have to do it. You're going to have to not have me hold your hand all the way through it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because it
1: is. It's, I, I don't have all the answers for it. It is difficult when it comes to getting your card. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it really is something that people have to talk to their ommp people about yeah yeah dispensaries can't answer those questions
0: why not you're the only other people to go to it's not like there's a 1-800 answer my question hotline
1: answer those questions we don't have those questions we are not does olcc have a hotline an eight ball no uh i don't know but we should so blast that number (laughs) we should we need to find that number like now All right. Well, Put it up in really bold letters and be like, "Call this number for any questions, complaints, anything." Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Write them an email. There's got to be something. So, all right. Send well, them a letter. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, let's let's uh, go ahead and get into the interview. Like I said, really good interview. Oh, first I wanted to say one thing. Um, that package for Mark, brother, that is on its way. It's been on its way. It should be there actually, especially by the time you hear this. That grower pack.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The one I was out. supposed to send like two days in a row, yeah. but everything got really, really swamped. So,
0: um, <laughs> yeah. So, that should be you by now. And, yeah, uh, that's, he, you know, got involved. We really appreciate it. And uh, anybody, you was know. that Mark in Maine? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But, I like that. Mark in Maine. You know, send us an email. Let us know. Give us feedback. Let us know what you want to hear more of. Let us know what's if there's anything I got to correct. It doesn't matter. But I want
1: to see Maine. Is Maine cool?
0: I suppose. It's East Coast weather, though. Yeah. Can't grow good weed there. Sorry. i <laughs> just he- I've heard
1: that uh, East Coast is about as iffy as the West Coast. But well,
0: Inside it wouldn't matter, but I don't know. Their weather would be kind of cold, I guess.
1: I found out in Alaska the only place that they can grow is indoors. That's from an Alaskan, <laughs> by the way. Okay. okay. Yes, I asked huh. him. I'm like, just curious. I'm like, now that I see that you're from Alaska, how do you grow in Alaska? They're like, indoors. The That's only it. way we can well, do there it, we go. there's no other way. I'm like, oh, good to know. Thanks. My husband and I were curious about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, let us know. Organrooted at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then also, I just wanted to do one last shout out to Jaybird. I just wanted to thank him for letting me come out for a couple of days and hang out. You know, we I got to see some cool things. One, I got to see some induction lighting, which I hadn't ever seen before. And coming from, you know, electrical background. Uh, it was really cool to see, mm-hmm. and they work amazing. I'm surprised it's not used more. Um, the, the plants were gorgeous. Uh, the lights turned on and off very quickly. They were, uh, you know, just like CFLs, mm-hmm. but induction. Uh, they put out good intensity, great for veg. Um, and then he also had these those red LEDs that he had talked about in his original interview way back when, when it first started. That hook right on top of those, like just hook right on, mm-hmm. right over the lights and kind of hang out his wings, which is hmm. really friggin' cool.
1: Nice.
0: And then we've heard other people talk about those too, as far as using those to put their plants to sleep, stuff like that. Yeah. And then, and then he yeah, got to see his Gavita Pros. Uh, those, you know, I'll tell you, those lamps are pretty intense. They are bright. When I walked into that room, I had no problems keeping my sunglasses on the whole time. <laughs> i don't know how jay i don't know how you do it without anything on man i it must be all those years of
1: being around it
0: being outside (laughs) you know landscaping and stuff but
1: but
0: dang it was about right and somehow (laughs) one of us not sure who broke a a lamp and these are dual-ended lamps so you know i think they run between like 110 and 130 or something 140 even uh-huh. So, yeah, we had I had that's, you know, just so you know, when you're working around lights, you, you don't want a ladder that's the same height as the lights. <laughs> just like, you know, when the bad plants, things happen. Yeah. And uh, that's working with bamboo stakes. I often wonder if that's not a too dangerous of a job, because if you think about it, those stakes are poking out. And when you're trying to do your if you're D. Larfing or you know what I mean, if you're mm-hmm. trimming your plants down or something, you could easily get one of those things in your eye. No?
1: I suppose. I suppose. A
0: bamboo stake in the eye? Oh, man. Over Uh, the summer, it even worries me when the plants are about that right size.
1: I see them about the same height as the plant, so I'd be ducking around Yeah,
0: But if you got big, big ones, that's one thing. Yeah. Like those ones you use indoors? Oh, Oh, see.
1: I only think about the ones we use outdoors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, good time. Good, healthy plants. And it was really cool. He kind of gave me a rundown of how he trims back his plants and you know he's not afraid to go really high up into the you know canopy and make it just one you know he essentially trims to make it one canopy right versus scrogging where you just net it and then train it that way uh but it looks really good and he even said that even though you take it as high as he does you still within another 10 11 days you're back at it Mm -hmm. trimming again so it was really good to see. It was really cool. And it was nice to see how making really good cannabis is done.
1: Right. Right.
0: So, and he's doing a lot of construction, though. So there's a lot of work going on. But I don't know. We'll keep people informed on that as well. So, all right. Here it is Hope Breeder with Full Spec Genetics. All right. I'm really excited. We are here with Hope Breeder from Full Spec Genetics. Now, this gentleman, uh, we met at the fair here in the Rogue Valley, uh, Jackson County, Mm -hmm. and I'm really excited because not only are we running a couple of his genetics, but uh, he's a really good guy and has a great, uh, great story to tell. Uh, Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Glad to be here. (laughs) Uh, We appreciate you being on the show, buddy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Glad to be
0: here. Thanks. And uh, so let's get right into it. I want to talk about, uh, you know, kind of how you got started. Um, before we start talking about genetics, I want to find out, you know, kind of how you got started, where you come from in the industry, how long you've been doing this kind of give us some background real quick.
2: Okay. Well, um, so I, I started, uh, you know, my first introduction to cannabis is actually a pretty personal story, but I don't mind sharing it. Um, it's, it's pretty much what launched me into my place in the medical community. Uh, when I was 12 years old, my mother had a form of cancer that luckily was, Fully treatable with um radiation therapy of course at the time i didn't entirely believe that um but so when i was taking care of her one night um you know she was she's a flower child and you know she's been at all of the all of the fun places like woodstock and all that stuff for the years <laughs> nice. so she was pretty liberal in terms nice. of uh yeah yeah no she's she's got <laughs> awesome stories um so she, you know, she, she asked me, I was all dare brainwashed, you know, I thought weed, heroin, coke, same boat, you know, so uh, I kind of had a really, really quick awakening this night. Yeah, I thought it was all the same stuff because I was being told that and nobody was educating me otherwise. And I wasn't really old enough to question what I was being told by police officers in class, you know. Right. Um, so.
0: Question authority. I was really scared of it. And,
1: uh, <laughs>
2: yeah you have to you have to yeah if they're you know even if you decide that they're right at the end well and even Um,
1: just to protect yourself even you know i I
2: gave her yeah no at at all times (laughs) um so uh she was sick one night you know she was nauseous and stuff from the from the chemo and i remember uh smoking some or i didn't smoke any i gave her some cannabis to smoke from her drawer she told me where it was and I got it out and uh,
0: were you familiar with this magic
2: thing that happens?
0: Were you already? No, not really. I I had
2: only, it was all, you know, my mom had kind of said that it was sort of like alcohol, but I I didn't really understand the medical effects of it at all. Um, I thought of it as this, this wild ride that you go on and, you know, reefer madness kind of stuff. um, And I saw her, you know, I saw her smoke it and it was this magic transformation that happened where for, you know, two hours, three hours, um, this person that I loved went from being incapacitated to laughing and reading me books and, you know, really being there as a parent, um, which she was unable to do for a long time because she was really sick. And so from a really young age, you know, this was 12, I I formed my entire perspective of, of cannabis around that one experience um and it's not to say that i didn't go through my periods of smoking copious amounts and just laughing and having a good time but i always in the back of my head had this respect for it as a medicine that had these side effects that we can appreciate Um, and it's a kind of unique view that i've held on to uh and through various experiences with medical patients in california i've kind of really reinforced that some of us need to keep that medical connection with the plant through all of this uh, regulation and legalization. So that's, that's kind of the long and the short of, of my introduction to cannabis. Uh,
0: That's a pretty uh, uh, hard.
2: is a whole nother story. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, that's, that's a good heartwarming story though. It's, it's nice to know that at that age you were able to reckon. And what's funny is you said side effects were good. Whereas most side effects aren't so good. Yeah. So (laughs) so yeah that was good so what led you at that point what led you right in to to where you're at now how did you get into breeding i mean did you start growing for her or
2: yeah well yeah I, i started growing um for her and for myself like three years later i was 15 and i had my little garden in my backyard and uh you know this is in the east bay so it was a pretty populated area east bay california i should say by the uh you know near san francisco
0: was it very and, um, safe
2: at the time? So I started cultivating it really, it was not safe at all. No, <laughs> um, we kind of had a, yeah, no, it was the, you'd watch out for helicopters and uh, you know, you could, you, this was before, this is right when medical cannabis was forming, you know, mid nineties uh, in California. So it was still really not something that you flaunted or that you know, um, and my mom was a doctor. So at the time she could lose her license for me doing that at her house. And, you know, so it was something that we kept, yeah, we kept it very private, um, you know, and, and it it was a very quiet thing that we had to keep behind shut doors, you know, just for safety. And and I, by that time had had, you know, my own, i had had issues with insomnia and, and uh, my own medical things that, I found relief from by using the cannabis and and I also I mean I you know I like getting high on it too not to lie you know that that was part of it also but uh, there was a real need that I found to use it instead of different pharmaceuticals that my doctor was offering me so it became a kind of grassroots underground thing and you start meeting more people in the community and and we had this rumor going around at the time that uh, the Berkeley police and their helicopters weren't allowed to take note if they saw four or less. So everyone had four <laughs> plants sitting around. It's kind of like what they have in Oregon now. Yeah. yeah. The plants, ma- the know. magic
0: number.
1: Um, that's,
2: yeah, exactly. It's kind of what everybody uh, that's what everybody had in their backyard if they weren't like really, you know, growing to produce if it was for yourself. Sure. A lot of people had that. <laughs> oh. So, now, um so I got into breeding about
1: yeah.
2: Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. oh yeah i got into breeding um it was i was i was in my early 20s by the time that actually happened i went through growing seeds from bags of stuff from humboldt uh that i would find and i would pick out seeds from the good stuff and grow it the next year um i was always killing males never really thought about it i always just knew the the stuff you smoke came from female plants um It wasn't until I I grew a crop of autoflowers because I was interested in how those things work. And for people who aren't familiar, um, most cannabis, it vegetates. It grows uh, vegetative mass, and the plant will keep growing larger and larger for the most part, in under uh, between 18 and 24 hours of light um, per day. And then when it starts getting close to 12 hours of darkness, but it has to be un- uninterrupted darkness. That's how you make most cannabis plants transition from their growth state into the mature fla- flowering fruiting state, which is where we get our smokable cannabis from. Uh, now, these autoflowers, yeah, the, the autoflowers grow entirely differently. Um, they, they have a gene in them that comes from a type of cannabis that not many people are familiar with, A lot of people are aware of uh, Indica's being the body stone from places like Afghanistan, and Sativa's being the more equatorial, uh, mind highs, uplifting. Um, Some examples of those, I guess, would be like Trainwreck is a good Sativa. Uh, Sour Diesel is another example of a Sativa. Uh, Things on the Indica end would be like Blueberry or your Master Kush that you mentioned. Blue or Purple. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And so there's also... Yeah. I love Master Kush. That's one of my favorite plants. I, I loved it when you mentioned that.
0: Yeah, it's um, it So really this is. root
2: Rallis formed in yeah, it really is. Yeah, no, it's great. The the terpenes on it are so rich and they, they fill your mouth and nostrils and it's with this really relaxing sensation from the Master Kush. Um, so the way the, the way Autoflowers came around was some people uh, they've been around for a long time actually. There there were some really hempy, not potent varieties um, around in the 80s through the seed banks that were operating in Europe. And then sometime, I don't know my history on them well enough to say for sure, uh, but some breeders like Stitch and Sasha the Joint Doctor um, and some other people, you know, I know that the Joint Doctor was on the West Coast here and he I think was up in British Columbia breeding in closets so they needed plants that weren't getting you know six feet tall and wide. Uh, they didn't have the huge lights, and so they started incorporating the ruderalis, which is the third kind of cannabis. There's cannabis indica, cannabis sativa, and cannabis ruderalis. Those aren't the uh, technical names. The The new ones that they've given, I think, are, are Afghanica, sativa, and indica, and none of them correlate to the ones we know. So the same person that wrote that article also said we should just stick with the other ones. Anyway, kind of a sidetrack. So what happened was they worked in this this ruderalis plant. It's basically, it's a hemp. Um, It has almost no THC content. It's really undesirable to grow on its own. But what you can do is through four to eight generations of breeding it with desirable cannabis, like a sativa or an indica, you can produce a plant with the same traits, the same you know smell, look, uh, resin production that you would get from the normal plant, like, say, a train wreck or a master kush, except the plants flower automatically under any light schedule. You can keep the lights on 24 hours a day. Um, so I, I got into experimenting with those. There's a lot of taboo around them because uh, some they tend to not be as potent and have some other issues like being very leafy. Uh, so they've kind of gotten shunned in the community a bit. But I found my applications for them. And through that, I realized I couldn't I couldn't clone them. Uh, they, they just flower after like three weeks of vegetating. There's no way to stop that. So you can't keep your favorite one and clone it forever. And I realized I was going to have to start using pollen. Um, and so I found some forums online and, and basically was educated into that uh, to begin with by... A lot of the things that DJ Short wrote, uh, he's a breeder from Oregon here, and he developed uh, Blueberry and Flow, a bunch of other really popular varieties. Uh, He's been... Really well known. He's uh, iconically influential. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For those that don't know, it's worth a Google.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know, now you know.
2: (laughs) Excuse me. So, So, yeah, if you don't know, now you know. So I read a lot of stuff that he wrote, um, and it was really intriguing, just kind of the way that the plants were talked about. Um, you know, it, it, he gave them this character that really made me want to get to know them better, and that involved getting to know their genes, and it just kind of spiraled into this thing where I obsessively was taking notes and looking for the next thing that was treating my, you know, fibromyalgia pain or inflammation in my hand from you know, arthritic joints and stuff like that, um, you know, uh, it starts off as this thing where you're a casual smoker and, and then you become a medical smoker because you notice the benefits. And then for some of us, I don't know if it's that I got carried away or if it's that I really just found my passion, but it it became something that I was getting so much benefit from that it sort of consumed a good deal of my time growing it and taking notes on which ones I wanted to grow and you know, which, which effects to get without going through a doctor and a pharmaceutical company. Uh, cause again, the side effects can be really horrific from some of that stuff. So that's, that's my story of how I ended up starting, um, (laughs) kind of long winded, but there's a
0: lot to it. All right. So let's talk about what you're doing now, what you're doing now with full spec. That was a great story that you had for us. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty heartwarming. So yeah, that was it was pretty cool. It yeah, was pretty cool to hear that. both
1: of them about your mother and yeah. and, and about how you started.
0: Well, and, and so many points is this, you know, it's the side effects are good instead of bad. Uh, even like in the terms of cancer and stuff like that, uh, those side effects actually help you. Oh, so yeah. I have, especially
1: it, working, yeah. I have found different ways of curing different elements of what's wrong with myself. And I've learned more of the knowledge yeah. being in the actual cannabis world that i can like okay well this is what's hurting i'm gonna need this for it and so it's, yeah. it's cool to know those things and most of it is cannabis Right. Yeah. i don't use it's anything so yeah
0: it really is so let's go into exactly what all this has apexed into if you will the apex of the vortex okay, well. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You know, so I, I, uh, I moved up to Oregon actually right before legalization. Um, I kind of saw it coming and I had been up and down for about five years. I've been, uh, I really like it up here. It's beautiful and, and the, uh, the kind of vibe here. I live, I live in the Eugene area and compared to the East Bay, it's like, it's like, it's like an oasis, you know? Um, I mean, there's still a lot of things that you have with a, a place with a lot of people trying to get along together, and that's something that we all need to work on. But um, just in terms of the chaos and the the kind of moment to moment just rush of everything disappeared when I moved up here. It was pretty awesome. So I uh, finally I finally located myself, and I ended up meeting uh, JD Short. He he runs Second Generation Genetics. Uh, They're
0: Shout out to them.
3: He's shout out to them, uh, <laughs> at second generation genetics yep. on Instagram. Right. And, uh, so he's DJ shortson son who I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually met them through, I met, I met JD through, uh, contacting, um, an email through DJ's company and we ended up living in the similar area and kind of, you know, getting to know each other and working together and it, it uh, developed into a really awesome work relationship and also a really good friendship, which is something that's really hard to find in the same place. Uh, so, you know, I, I gained access to some really, really great, uh, genetic material. And I was able to talk with, you know, talk through JD with DJ about, you know, what would be okay to do with it and what wouldn't. And, um, and you know, we came to some arrangements about that, and I was able to start using uh, Blue Heaven Mail, which was um, a strain that DJ had, it was a cross that DJ had a while ago on the market, maybe 15 years, um, and it was known for its anti-anxiety effect, and that's something that I struggle with, um, and so in my quest to stay away from pharmaceuticals and not just be taking, you know, Xanax or whatever forever, um, I started looking for things that have these you know, have these anti-anxiety effects. Uh, some of those can be found in, in, in terpenes like linalool or in uh, cannabinoids like CBG. This is very, that's a really good one for uh, anti-anxiety. Um, they stimulate the GABA receptors, in, which is the same thing that benzodiazepines like Benex or Valium do. Uh, but they do it without the bad side effects. So again,
0: side
1: effects. Yeah, we have anxiety well, uh, between I... the two of us. <laughs> For sure. I, I feel you on the anxiety part.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've struggled myself yeah. with that and even have used Xanax, but yeah, I, I do tend to um favor the
1: Well, and wasn't your uncles clinically diagnosed with with anxiety?
0: Yeah. I mean it's just it goes across the board. Yeah. I don't know if that's a genetic thing or not, but so you were searching that stuff out though and
3: I was, you know, and I think a lot of people are. I really do. Um, You know, especially now with the amount of people we have coming back from combat, uh, the amount of deaths there are that are kind of seeing the benefits of medical cannabis, I think that uh, that's one of the things that, well, and this is all entirely a theory of mine, I think that's one of the things that people have really found benefit in CBD from, is the anxiety effect without the uh, psychoactive effect of the THC. And CBG, actually, it directly goes at the same parts of your brain that are kind of going a little haywire when you're having an anxiety attack or something. So I got my hands on that plant, you know, by, you know, being friends with and working with JD. And uh, I got DJ's blessing to work with it. And I made a cross by pollinating a super silver haze plant that's actually the mother of Azure haze. from uh, That was a release from Old World Genetics. Uh, that pj and JD did together um so the plants from that were just stellar and uh you know the the testing that I did from them I, I didn't find any problems and it was sort of this you know usually you, you don't make a good cross right off the bat when you're first working with a couple of plants you have to kind of get to know them a bit but I sort of jumped into it on that one and it worked and I got really good uh results from it i got exactly what i wanted and there's been a couple other times that i was doing projects and they ended up being exactly how i wanted them to be so i kind of realized uh from both those experiences and talking with jeremy showing and excuse me jd showing some of my uh you know projects i'd worked on I today read before coming up here i kind of realized i was on something that people would probably benefit from and be interested in finding more of so i decided to go ahead and start a seed company and put a lot more time and effort into growing more plants and really getting to know the different ones that I was working with, both in the parental stock and in how their progeny performed. Uh Because something that a lot of people are doing right now is finding really popular uh, female plants, because everybody likes the smoke from this cross or that type, you know, stay blue and pollinating it with different things. But there isn't a lot of planning going into it. And uh, the most important thing is just because you like a plant doesn't mean that its offspring will have the same attributes that you like. Um, so that was the main... I think that's, that's probably the most important part of breeding, right? Is matching it all up and having it work. So noticing, you know, noticing that you're doing that and having it work uh, it's just kind of a I guess you can call it a cosmic signal or something it, it It feels important when you you know do that the first time and it works out how you want it and there's direct benefit from it. so I wanted to share that, and you know also I mean being honest, it's not the kind of thing where you can't just grow seeds all the time. you have to either be growing flour to sell or seeds to sell, or something has to fund the operation if you right. want to do that full time.
0: So well, and that's you're, kind
3: of, I guess, where the company formation came.
0: Yeah, well, and you're in a hard spot. I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts or opinions on. I don't. I hope this isn't the right wording, but your position in in the in the system. I mean, it, everything you know, everything good comes from that innovator, and I, I would like to think of uh, breeders as innovators because you guys are kind of more than the front line you're 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 creating new stuff and that's where it all starts from you know but it's a hard spot to be it's a hard spot to be because there's i don't know like i said i don't know the right wording but is is there is there little support or financial support or where are you at Um, on it
3: oh i mean it's it's hard to make a living on it you know you have to grow your stuff out and publicize it and um if people aren't familiar with you, you know, I mean, I can't expect anybody to want to pay me for, for access to growing my seeds right now if they haven't tried the end result and liked it already. So right now, I'm kind of at the point where I'm still putting into it. You know, I'm putting together packs that I give out for free. Um, well, one of the one of the things that I try to do different than some other larger companies is a lot of people limit the free seeds they give out uh, coming with a purchase of their other seeds or they want to give out seeds for feedback so the stuff they're giving out they can't they can't really predict how it's going to perform in somebody's garden and I don't want to do that to people and I also don't really think that's a great way to get myself acquainted in people's gardens which is essentially what I'm doing I'm asking somebody to let me take up space in their garden that they could be taking up with you know again a proven clone or a company that they've heard more about um you know so at this stage i'm still building things and and the, the money's not the focus right now um you know it's a weird thing trying to build a company without focusing on the incoming profits from it but i i don't feel like that's the first step that you should take if you're working with genetics and trying to make sure that you're providing something that people can benefit from. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to have a seed company that sells seeds. I want to sell medicine that helps people.
0: Yeah. And I honor your position. I have a lot of respect for it. We're actually growing two of your strains this year, and I hope that we can add to your body of knowledge. And, you know, uh, we do, we really respect that. There's a lot of people <clears throat> that don't want to share their seeds like that or, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm really glad that you're taking that position. I hope that you have success in the future, uh, with this approach because I think that,
1: and do be prepared for a lot of shout outs because we will be growing and we will be having them.
0: Yes. So, you know, I, you know, I, I know that I'm, I'm pretty sure you have pretty good genetics. So, but we'll be with you for the next few months. (laughs) quite a few months
3: that's great I, I can't wait to see how stuff pans out um yeah you know I, I try to get out stuff that i'm confident in because um i had a couple experiences in the past where i worked with companies that were giving out seeds that they thought were strictly on a novelty basis i had people in oregon contact me for information on them uh and i didn't think that they were going to anywhere where people could grow them so they were just untested and i ended up replacing them with stuff that you know i knew would grow well for people
1: and,
3: nice because uh, you never know when you're gonna be on a podcast and people are gonna be right
1: your stuff out for, <laughs> right yeah
0: know, well and, you know you start yeah we've generated a lot uh, of yeah. int- you know go ahead we well we've generated a lot of interest and real quick i've got a couple of questions i'm going to bombard you with but um one okay. just give us a brief i have to ask this because you're a breeder but give us a brief rundown what do you think about autoflower What's your, good, bad? What do I
3: think about autoflowers? Yeah,
0: good or bad. And and give a just, let's well, let her, let well, before you start, let our listeners know what an autoflower is, uh, you know, real quick. Sure. And then, and then tell us what you think. There's always, you've always got this back and forth with those. And so just real quick, if right. you can hit that.
3: Okay. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of push and pull on the community about autoflowers. Um, one of the reasons that they're rising in popularity just for a little bit of, uh, of frame of reference for people is in europe most of the cannabis comes from spain right now it's legal to grow there so um they have this situation where cannabis finishes outdoors in like fall which is long after all of their tourists are coming and hitting the beaches so they needed something that was finished earlier in those hillsides outside of barcelona and stuff so that's that's kind of how auto gained popularity in the European community, which is where a lot of these big seed-generating banks come from. Um, And so what they are is it's a plant that will vegetate and grow for about three to four weeks and then immediately flower, and it finishes its whole life cycle in about three months, Um, whereas a normal cannabis plant you can plant, and as long as you keep it from getting uninterrupted dark cycles, like 12 hours of dark that makes it think that it's uh, reaching fall or winter, and it's going to die, and you have to produce the bud as fruit, you can normally grow those out, keep them under light, clone them, and there's people that, you know, I mean, P.J. Short has kept his flow mother alive since the early 90s by doing this. Um, You can't do that with auto flowers at all. That's one of the big arguments against them is, you know, people, people don't want pollen in their garden because they're afraid of seeds. Um, it's a whole other discussion that I, I'd like to touch on in a little bit. But uh, so they want to be able to clone the same thing and have a big room of the same flower all the time. And you just, you can't do that with other flowers. So I think uh, it's a pretty strong case of, you know, what do you want from your cannabis plant? If you want to grow in, you know, a closet that has like, two by two foot cube tent with a little led light in it and some six inch pots with cocoa fiber in them. You can pull a quarter pound every three months out of that with modern flowers if you know what you're doing. Um, you, are you cannot are, do that with, Are you you, know, you can't do that with yeah. normal plants.
0: Sure. Are you, okay. So are you saying that if you're a beginner grower and you have a limited space and you want to crank out some medicine, this might be an option?
3: That would definitely be one place where it's an option. Um, There's a few I can think of also. There's a lot of people that grow light. Death is the kind of uh, community word for it, but it means light deprivation. What they're doing is they're building greenhouses, usually a hoop house with plastic that allows them to pull a light-proof tarp over it for 12 hours every night. They have these farmers that are going out there, and they're pulling tarps over everything at 7 p.m., and they're going out there at 7 a.m. and they're taking the tarps off to create this artificial dark period so that they can get an early summer harvest and then plant a lot of seeds or clones and let it do what it let them do what they would do normally and finish at the same time outdoors. Now, that's another place where I could see autoflowers flowers being really applicable to people. Um, you know, because if you don't have to be at your crop at 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. every day pulling tarps on and off of greenhouses, you're saving hours. Sometimes it means you can go out of town when you otherwise wouldn't be able to. And other flowers bring that to the table for a lot of people. Um, again, the main arguments about them, they can be kind of leafy. They can be a bit stemmy. This all goes hand in hand with them being really hardy against cold and uh, things like moisture. They're really mildew resistant because a lot of the genetics are stemming into Siberia and really high altitude cold regions is why they developed the traits to just grow and finish like that, repopulate, repopulate is basically what the autoflowers are trying to do. Um, So, you know, I I think that anybody that hears about an autoflowering plant and it pops into their head that they'd have use for it, maybe their space isn't limited and they just really don't want to deal with creating a complete blackout for 12 hours. Uh, You know, some people don't have the capability in their house to do that they don't have the physical capability um you know so i'd say anybody that hears about this kind of plant and it is of interest to them i would encourage them as they grow to go out and try a couple you know put one or two in your garden and grow them out and see how you like it um there's a learning curve so they're a little bit different than other cannabis plants just in terms of being very sensitive but any little mistakes you make at the beginning since their life is so limited it just really affects the end result in terms of yield
0: it's it's um, detrimental if you will i mean you know you get a yeah, you get a yeah. bad ph problem or you know you you get a exactly. newt that's you get a lock up or something it could be really hurtful in your uh harvest now i'm assuming that yeah. You know, your only control over those is in veg, so mm-hmm. that's really where you want to focus. Uh, what you're gonna this is organ, okay? This is organ, so you're gonna get a lot of purists out there. They're gonna be like, "Well, you know, the final product's really not as good as." Yeah. You know, now is there anything to that in your opinion?
3: Well, I, you know, it depends. Um, there's some other uh, that. You know, Mephisto Flowers. shout out to Mephisto. They're on They're on Instagram. Um, is it Mephisto or Mephisto? I'm not sure. Anybody interested will have to try both. But uh, they had one recently. I, I don't know which one it's called, but it tested uh, in the high 20% PHDs by somebody out here in Oregon. Um, you know, so the potency's is there. And a lot of people are taking their stuff and they're running into hash anyway. So if you're doing that or making edibles or anything topical, then, um, you know, I really, I I really would encourage people to kind of try to shed their predispositions against it for a little bit. Uh, I definitely would agree if your goal is top grade, top shelf flower, that's probably not where it's going to come from. You know, but what I have seen is I've seen some amazing F1 crosses like, uh, like the crush rush that i gave you is an f1 cross between um, a grape product plant that i got from jd and it was bred by dj and uh i i hit that with a line an auto uh blueberry line that somebody made <clears throat> and when you get there when you take a auto flower plant that has very similar genetics to a normal a normal plant we call them uh, photo versus auto in the autoflower community, meaning photosensitive or autoflower. Um, so you can take like a you know, sour diesel and cross it with a sour diesel autoflower that somebody's worked all of the sour diesel attributes into. And that F1 generation that you get, the filial one cross, uh, the first generation cross between the two, it should basically exhibit traits of the parental strain, the sour D in this case, um, except it's going to flower a lot earlier, but the autoflower gene being receptive won't actually make any of the plants flower automatically. That generation, they're just you get a lot of the other traits that are more dominant that were built in, like the resistance to cold and mildew. Um, you know, so that's one of the places also that I think the industry is really going to start turning their head and looking into is making these crosses where you're introducing. These auto plants, but only enough for, you know, vigor and resistance and the stuff that you would normally hybridize a strain for. Looking, you know, if we're looking back 20 or 30 years, people weren't making Afghani and then crossing it with a Thai plant because they wanted to say they did that or because it was, you know, a cool name or anything. They were doing that because the plants were much more vigorous. They were getting better yields. You know, they weren't suffering from inbreeding depression. Um, you know, it's much like, uh, much like animals in that regard. Eventually you have to work something new. And um, the American Kennel Club, I think they're called Kennel Association, they just uh, redid German Shepherds by working in a little bit of Belgian Shepherd and then rebreeding it back to German Shepherds a bunch selectively so that they don't have to be a their problem. Yeah, that, that's a very good kind of analogy.
0: That makes sense. Now, yeah. bef- before we get into the genetics of what you let us use this year, I had a question about there's been some concern well really ever since there's been conversation about it but do you think do you think the genetics we have today are are le- legit in terms of I mean do you think there's some error in there there's got to be some error do you understand what some, I'm saying what? some error in in like well I say this is blue dream well you know what oh, I mean
3: oh you mean mean how much uh <clears throat> like if somebody says that it's it's this cross with that cross with this cross with that how much how much can they verify that
0: well exactly i mean there's ways now we've come to the point in technology where you can verify that i mean that's fine but what what i've heard is that as people are verifying it they're finding out that just like your genes from your past might not be as accurate as you thought there's a lot of other stuff in there i mean do you have you seen that at all have you done any testing with that What's yeah
3: you know i haven't I haven't had anything um, of my work come up under another name yet it's probably only a matter of time It's something that's really common um it's unfortunate it's really common practice uh in the cannabis community and in yeah. the industry um people will for various reasons you know maybe you get a clone from a friend and you know for whatever reason they don't want you to let out their clone of josh's awesome plant so (laughs) Mm -hmm. you decide that you really want to let it out for some reason you really want to share it with your friends because you want to look cool or you want to help them or you want to make money you know or you want to breed it to make money and uh so instead of josh's awesome plant or whatever i called it you know you release it as uh oregon rooted wonder there you go (laughs) and you know how, that's a
0: good name I like that a lot of really extensive <laughs> testing
3: and time and money there's no way for somebody to prove that and even if they did what are they going to do get mad at you I well mean,
0: you, I mean you can tell the original strain I, well maybe not I mean yeah. can you really tell what the original strains were if you never had that original genotype
3: right I, I mean I can't yeah <laughs>
1: I don't know well okay and if you can't then we certainly can't <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean,
3: you know, I can't, cause, cause. And there's so many my, phenotypes it's, it's, and stuff. That's a point of reference and frame of reference, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I bring Peter Short a lot when I'm talking about breeding because he really, he paved the ground in a lot of ways. He kept these notes that a lot of people weren't keeping time um, Yeah. published things.
0: Pioneers, if you will.
3: Uh, yeah. Very much though. So. Very much. You know, everybody doing it at his time. He's just one of the ones that's really, really easy to take down. You know, yeah, what he was doing and where yeah <laughs> it was hugely influential and
1: uh oh, i forgot, I forgot we were talking
0: about. <laughs> well let's go into this let's talk about the two strains that you gave me that was silver heaven
1: and floral dream floral
0: dream can you ex- silver
1: haze mm. wait no, no silver heaven see. was it yeah okay i'm gonna, and, I'm gonna right correct sir? again
0: silver heaven right
1: Silver Heaven, yeah, Ooh, I believe yep. so. And yeah. floral dream. And
0: floral dream. Now, can you explain? Yeah. yeah, can you explain both those for our listeners and let let us know? You know, we're gonna do outdoor with the first batch here, and we're, we've, I mean, we're popping today. That doesn't, I mean, obviously they're not popping today, but we are starting the process. And so, tell us what to expect. Tell us all about the genetics. Let's tell. We're excited. Mm-hmm. Tell us. Cool.
3: Awesome. Great. Okay, well, so um, those are both crosses that I made. Those are F1 crosses uh, using um, parental stock from BJ Short, bred by BJ Short. Uh, he didn't select the plant, so I don't want to misrepresent that in any way, but he bred the, the fathers entirely. Um, and so the, the Silver Heaven is actually a collaborative project that I did with J.D. Short at Second Generation. Another shout out there. Um, he supplied me with Mother Plant, and he let me select, the father plant um from a phenol hunt that he was doing he let me look at five or six males of the blue heaven stock and he let me compare them to the f4 blueberry plant that dj short uses and i got to smell both of them and look at how they grow and uh, so i selected one of those um and it's a really interesting plant it's doing some really interesting things right now that are just I, I almost moved it out of rotation and the plants kind of have this way of jumping out at you and it started rerouting and doing all these things I wasn't expecting. So, um, that plant crossed with the silver, height, the silver haze, the super silver haze.
0: Now that's...
1: That's the sativa. Um,
0: Is that the sativa? That's the silver heaven. Okay.
3: So what, what that one has, it's a really, really nice uh, kind of warm, fuzzy... Uh, DJ has described the feeling I think as like a warm hug or something, but it feels like that. It's like you're getting a warm hug on the inside. Um, the plants grow with a nice kind of rotten mango fruity like EO smell, but like nice good EO, the kind you want to smoke. You know?
1: right, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, like
3: if you ever had like super silver haze, it's got a lot of a lot of the terpenes in it. Um, some of the finos that I found, uh, there were a there were, I think, three major phenos with a couple outliers, which means it was a pretty true breeding cross. Um, Most of them were really good representations of the super silver haze. And it's actually funny because I was using a male Blue Heaven, and I'm not super familiar with the Blue Heaven females. I've smoked some of them. And so using it in the cross, I was really able to see what the Blue Heaven traits were, and it throws... a lot of crystals onto everything, um, good mold and PM resistance.
0: Nice. Uh, that
3: was one of the reasons I was almost letting the male go, is I had some electric issues and everything in my room got PM. And then I went out there, and the male doesn't have any on it, and it's touching plants that are just falling apart with stuff.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> so, nice.
3: Yeah. So he's a he's a winner, and he, he passed that on. I haven't, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say like it won't happen, but those plants are very resistant to that, which is something I think people need to pay a little more attention to as breeders. Um, you know, those are going to be fast, vigorous, good yielders. Um, and, you know, the, the idea with that was to create a really nice kind of old school cross that made me feel like I was, you know, back in the early two thousands or something. Nice. So, and, you know, before everything was OGs and cookies everywhere. And
0: just, oh, Hey, I like that so much. I like that. You know,
3: yeah. So it's, it's really nice. And then uh, the other one, uh, Floral Dream, that's a cross of uh, Dream Lotus, which is from Seed. Oh, nice. It's a Blue Dream Mother from Santa Cruz.
0: Did you hear that, Dream crossed Lettuce? It with, Go ahead.
3: Yeah, Dream, dream Lotus. <laughs> I lost that mother, but I liked it a lot. and uh, it, She served her purpose, mm-hmm. but the cross came out as like a very fast-finishing Blue Dream. Uh, with some more kind of floral undertones along with the same kind of citrus, you know, almost like Sprite zest. Ooh, nice. Them.
0: I like that. Yeah, from
3: that from that Santa Cruz Blue Dream cut. Yeah, so it, it came out really nicely. Oh, that one I actually, you know, I kind of just did as a side project. That's why I didn't keep them on. Um, but then I, I tested some of them out, and they were just really nice. You know, it was one of those things where you know, all the phenos I grew out were just very representational of the uh, the blue dream cut, and I think that it's because the the flow kind of being related to the blueberry parent and the blue dream. I think it pulled all of that end of the mother out. It's really interesting how the, the genetics can do that. They almost work like a like a magnet sometimes. They draw these similar parts like out from other things. Uh, and that's that's what I would expect with those. You have got you know the really really good anti-anxiety oh good um, super silver haze yeah and cross and then the one that is you know it's got the good angles of flow it's, it's you know uplifting and energetic but it also has that really nice blue dream kind of fulfillment to it you know nice so
0: and you think so they're i'm gonna really be-
3: glad that you guys have that and it, it's really cool that you're going out and you gonna be you know doing even tabs on it and stuff that's really that's awesome
0: oh no that's great and i hope i I hope that outdoor is going to be okay for you i mean you know we can see yeah
1: yeah well it's going to be partial greenhouse we're going to be doing it under partial greenhouse i think it would do
3: great there um you know one of the reasons that i I sought out uh you know dj to see about using his genetics and crosses is that he he bred that stuff here in oregon you know and and i'm not sure exactly where i'm I'm pretty sure down in Southern Oregon somewhere, but it's all pretty acclimated to being outdoors here. And he builds flow as a greenhouse plant. So, you know, um, it's got it's got that early finish. It, all the crosses finish in like seven weeks. Oh, outdoors, nice.
0: Which is, so can yeah, I... Yeah, I mean, for people that don't know, it's lightning fast. So when can I assume to pull... Not pull, that's a bad word. When can, when can I harvest these plants? Usually, last couple of years, I've had to go into mid-November. Seven to
1: eight, eight to nine. Well... Is what it said on the package. Sorry, yeah, I was but, reading the directions. I mean, that's you know the
0: weather here is different from
1: when. When, <laughs> when can
0: I kind of expect? Go. You think October?
3: I've been. I, I I think so. I think that with the flow, I think you're probably looking at an early October
0: harvest, nice. maybe
3: even into September.
0: Oh it's wow, a that'd bit be
3: hard to say, but flow. Yeah, that'd be it, really it, nice. It depends on phenotype. Yeah, if you find a really, really kind of red. Red stemfino with really kind of elongated. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe them. They're, the, the serrations on them aren't very aren't like they're they're very sharp. So if you picture like a bunch of shark teeth coming out from the the fan leaves and these red veins coming out of it Oh, that'll those be those so cool!
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll be excited. Yeah,
3: those are the ones that'll finish the fastest.
0: Nice. That'd be great to get those colors in there.
3: The flow, the flow should pass. Us. Um, you know, and that's a really important thing. The genetics that you're sourcing places, just for everybody listening. Is, you know, you gotta find stuff that has genetics and has been, you know, kind of worked in the regions you're from. Um, I need to get, I need to get outdoors more and do more breeding and selection outside for those kind of things. So I don't.
0: We're do trying. That. Yeah, Red. and go ahead. We're we're, we're just oh, trying. I say what I've been. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been like,
3: I've, <laughs> that's right. I was just saying, I've been like introducing things like root aphids and PM and spider mites just to kind of ensure that I, I bombard the plants with the same kind of things as they'd find outside. You know, no, so it I, would be nice to be able to use my indoor growing space to actually grow properly and let the outdoors take care of the harshness.
0: Yeah. Now it's been a. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say they have purposely injected their plants with right. mites or, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I
1: geez. Do that. make them tougher.
0: Well, or find out which yeah, ones well, are resistant, I, right?
1: Yeah, that's the one.
3: You know, um, uh, my my power going out during that ice storm it it delivered the final blow with the PM I was fighting. So I just kind of let everything do their thing, and I didn't water for weeks and. You know, this Blue Heaven plant's a perfect example. Um, He was still very healthy, and he gave me rooting clones and didn't have PM on him when everything else was thick and dried up. So that's one of the things that we do as breeders is we have to find the plants that stick out, and and we do that by manipulating the conditions, you know?
0: Yeah. Um,
3: So while most of the time you're growing to get the best results from the bud, you know, that's kind of subjective. You know, what are the best results? Uh, for me uh, i'm i don't grow a lot of flower. it's kind of embarrassing sometimes cuz people you know want to buy an ounce from me or something i don't, I don't have that kind of pot. you know i don't <laughs> grow, a lot of, I grow i grow a lot but i don't grow a lot of volume you know because what i'm doing is I'm mistreating these plants to see which ones can make it and that makes make sense sure that the, you know I, I, when i test my plants i grow them from seed i root bind them i drown them my ph fluctuate, change heat, humidity, and any kind of thing you can think of, light leaks and all these things that you're not supposed to do because your plant will perm out and throw manners on you and stuff. I want to see them do that so I can take those out and not release those seeds to people, you know. Uh, My job isn't to make as many seeds as I can and to get them into people's gardens. My job is to get the best seeds that I can into people's gardens because that way they keep coming back and supporting me as the breeder.
0: You know? Oh, yeah.
3: Um, there's a lot of companies that don't do that. It's kind of shocking how how many people will just kind of make a lot of seeds and go and sell them. And, you know, I, I try not to choose that. I try to deliver something that I can count on.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, you know, we're going to run it through the rigors this year. We're going to run those two strains. We're going to run in a... Super soil, if you will, some sort of uh, compost. And then we're going to run, which we're starting now, actually. And then we're going to run uh, a liquid, a bottle, liquid of sorts, some organic bottles. Mm-hmm. I mean, we ran NFTG last year, and it went really good. We may reconsider that, but I already know how good they are. I mean, they were right. good. So we're going to fish around there. And then also we're going to run uh, a synthetic. And I, don't, I, I can hear all the boos right now, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I feel it's important uh, because well, I'm stuttering here because it's really hard for me to to say it. Uh, but I do believe that I do believe that there are um, naturally derived synthetics, if you will, that uh, um, that have their purpose or their position in, I guess, is my, maybe yeah, um, I agree entirely. Yeah, uh, and and I'm not saying that you know when you're talking medicine and you know these people that are already sick or whatever that's different, but there there are places for synthetics and uh, also too I'll tell you you know when you're first learning to grow um, you know it's not a bad thing to try out synthetics because you know it, it, it you I'm know not. so um, there's just a whole there's just make
3: it a lot easier what's that and i mean remedying problems that come up also using synthetics is yeah. a lot easier than trying to use organic methods you can just go straight to the point with exactly and stuff yeah like that. and and i'll be the so. first
0: yeah and i'll be the first one to admit that um, that you know synthetics uh, you, if even if you're running organic if you need a quick fix you're like oh my gosh i messed up this is what's going on boom i can fix it and then get right back to my regular regimen i'll admit i've done that you know it's just oh yeah you know it's been a tool in the past so i think there's a place for it but nonetheless we're still going to run it the three different ways and and you know so i know that there's going to be some some phenotype variants and stuff like that but still we want to get a final a final look at some other things too with your product so i think we're going a little deeper than just just running it Mm -hmm. um you know we're gonna, cool. we're gonna run it in different ways and and definitely keep you in tabs on that um let's move on now to uh you know what's the future are you going what where, where are you going with full spec now before you before you even answer that my <laughs> lady sativa <laughs> we're sitting here while you're talking we're looking through your website
1: uh, let me see what. Oh, let me let me I tell need you. to update that. <laughs> well, no,
0: actually we're sitting here. Actually, she's making me crack up. There's I'm I'm trying not to interrupt you by because we're looking at some of your genetics and some of your pictures and she's just like,
1: "Oh no, it's the deep sea." Hold on.
0: Hold yeah, on. we're we're looking at stuff that is just monstrous, bro. It's the
1: one that looks like uh, so Are you looking at the Instagram right now? Is no.
0: that is that the Instagram?
1: No, this is just this yeah, is yeah. your website, fullspectgenetics.com. Oh, nice, nice. Cool. This
0: is .com and bro, I mean your purple
1: the purple uh, octopus.
0: Oh my god, it it's like is that You should have called Man, it Ron. Yeah, that's
1: an auto flower.
0: You should have called that Ron Jeremy. <laughs>
1: I, I mean, first, ready? I held. First, I held up <laughs> yeah. my arm and acted like it was my arm, and then I'm like, "No, scratch that." And I held up my calf.
0: My God, brother! <laughs> I mean, that th- that yeah, thing is mo- yeah. like it's it's pornographic at this point. Okay, could you please put it I away?
3: Mean,
0: I mean, literally, you've got.
3: of auto flowers there. <laughs> the people take pictures of the cola. You know, the big main butt next to like a like a two gallon milk jug. You know, it's just the same size on these things. So.
1: That's crazy. I've, yeah. I've never been jealous of a
0: bud, but Jesus. <laughs> my God.
3: Those those plants put out purple trichomes pretty often, also, which people are just kind of losing it over right now in the rosin community. Oh, saying like right. like blades as much as their rosin's purple. Oh, you yeah. Know? So, oh,
0: it's total yeah. novelty right now. I mean, these. Yeah. Yeah, that's, people.
3: That's something I might look into stabilizing a little bit, those purple those purple trichomes on a plant that just grows automatically, you know, so people don't care that it's an auto flower because it just, right. It or whatever. Right. <laughs> you know?
0: Okay. Well, I, I had to throw that in, man. I mean, you know, she's sitting over here throwing up arms and legs, comparing your, your plants to them, So <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Uh, so yeah. So, so, tell us where your future is, where it's going. And, uh, well, you know, I mean, what, what I would you like to see happen?
3: Less. Okay, yeah, what I'd like to see happen, I'd like, um, you know, I want to, I want to find my way into a, uh, into a regulated recreational facility where I can grow an unlimited number of plants. I want to do really, really huge phenotype hunts. And, uh, you know, I want to find those really, really rare recessive anomaly plants within the population. Um, you know, you can make an F1 cross and it might be, Really, really stable, you know, and you see these three phenotypes come out. But I guarantee you, if you grow, you know, a couple thousands of those seeds, you're gonna find one that is nothing like the other one And it might not be good, but if it is, you just struck gold. And you know, as a breeder, or even just as cloning it out. So that's really what I want to do. I want to find the best plants that are possible under these new laws that have happened, where people can finally do that the way that breeding's supposed to be done. You know. you know, I want to take that forward. I want to start producing flowers and hash and stuff like that to kind of acquaint people with my products a little bit more. Um, And I really just kind of hope to stabilize this into something that I can use to sustain myself and uh, stay in my my family and my medical needs. And, uh, you know, I want to get it to a point where there's enough excess that I can start really, really channeling at least, and hopefully move it to you know communities that need it. Um, I think that with it being viewed as a medicine that people can produce on their own, there's a lot of room for grassroots kind of contribution efforts, and that's something that I would really like to be able to contribute to. Uh, you know, getting medication to veterans and children with epilepsy and things like that um, is becoming legal, and it's something that we touched on earlier that we used to have to hide and do that in private. We can all. We can all do that together now. So, you know, if I can take part of what I'm doing and provide seeds or clones, you know, with really, really therapeutic uh, cannabinoid and terpene ratios to people that will help produce the medicine or if I can produce the medicine myself, um, that's really what I want to do with my company and my breeding program. So I want to make a difference and help people. And at the same time, I'm helping myself with my medicine, And you know, uh, that's, that's the future for, for full spec. If, if everything goes as planned, you know, um, find people like yourselves that are, you know, cool and on board with trying somebody new that works from somebody new, um, you know, kind of get my foot in the door and this industry that's really, really full right now. But uh, yeah, that's where I see myself is just making contributions and putting out new things that, people don't really have the time and space to dedicate to finding, you know, those 2000 plant grows in a half gallon container or whatever.
0: Yeah. Now, do you think that your, um, do you think that you're going to grow with your, your, I mean, where are you going to think you take your genetics? Where where are you going to go with that? You've done some old school stuff. Are you going to do, what are you going to focus on?
3: Well, you know, I have, um, uh, if, I was looking at my, my catalog the other day of stuff from other places and I've collected heirloom varieties, uh, not myself. I haven't traveled the world collecting Canada's beef, but I have, you know, made connections with people that do. And I've collected heirloom varieties from places like the Philippines. And, uh, for, for people who aren't familiar with the phrase, an heirloom variety is one that's been inbred with itself. So like, uh, you know, it, it like uh, in Afghanistan, for example, if you took some seeds from Afghanistan and then grew them here in Oregon for 20 years, picking the best ones that grow in your region, that would now be your Oregon heirloom. Um, so I've been collecting heirloom varieties from I have some from places like Sinai and Himalayas. And I really want to start opening those up and trying to find really unseen uh, medical values. A uh, breeder in California just got one of his strange tests and they found an unknown cannabinoid. So there's more out there. We're just scratching the surface right now. And um, I think it's really cool that I've gotten the access I have uh, to some genetics um, that have been really bred out and stabilized. And they're really good stock to work with to create stable crosses for people. At the same time, I feel like I have to find that new stuff. And everybody's got different endocannabinoid systems. And maybe there's some compound out there that hasn't been discovered that will Sure, Parkinson's in its first administration to somebody with blood type A positive. Right. I
0: don't know. Right. Sure. You no, know,
3: but the only way we're going to find out is opening up those seeds and sorting through the 99 bunk plants to the one, yeah. one You know. Yeah. And, uh, that's kind of where I find myself. I guess.
0: Right. Yeah. Well. Well. You know. I. Gosh. You know. It's ins- ins- eh, inspirational to be able to hear you say that. uh where do, okay. do you think is now medical is kind of going away a little bit? I mean, do you think? Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? I, I know you want to contribute, but gosh, and and you know, God forbid, we don't want you know OMP OMMP to go away, uh, but right. OLCC is really, really mm-hmm. kind of strong. Well,
1: you know, they're trying. I think that
3: yeah, I think I think that OMP is probably going to go. Um, if you look at it, you know that. Uh, The OLOC system is more regulated. It's directly taxable. um, And, you know, if there's two entities kind of trying to, you know, exist together and sort of serve the same particular ways and one really benefits the government a lot more than the other one, one that benefits the government is going to be the one that gets to continue and blossom. So, uh, you know, I think, I think all MMP is going to go away. I think some of the changes that have happened so far have been good. Um, growers can now accept payment for their time and labor. They're not limited to collecting compensation just for materials and costs. Um, you know, and that's good. Uh, we're also allowed an unlimited number of vegetative plants. The, uh, the wording and the laws was changed. Uh, so that immature doesn't describe plants under 12 inches anymore. It describes plants that aren't flowering. Right, right. You know, for those of us that want to keep a big medical library, that's hugely beneficial. If you have 20 different plants that each one works for a different ailment, and you can cycle your four, you know, or your, your six that you're allowed under medical, that's huge. So those have been good, um... I think it will go away. And I think that ultimately the OLC regulations will probably go away also to a degree or at least be superseded by the federal government. Um, You know, uh, coming from California, there was no Everclear there. You know, a 151 was the strongest alcohol you could get. So it's weird coming here to Oregon where the state regulates the alcohol sales and you have to get it from a liquor store and it's uh, they're not open on Sundays and stuff, but you can get this super high proof alcohol that like is just un it's not legal in California, you know, and that's because of the federal government, you know, I don't know. That's because of the state. Um, if the federal government came and said, that's just not happening or if they said that everybody selling this or that has to pay a tax based on proof or whatever, you know, things would change a bit. The states would have less control over that, um, and I think we're just no, we are not seeing that in a lot of things. That we saw it with tobacco when they came in and they—you know—they they started taxing things more to affect people smoking. You know, and so sometimes regulation can have its benefits, depending on you know your perception. I think a lot of smokers would say that sucks. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, it's it's a really scary place to be, honestly. Um, with your career being tied to that sort of limbo. Uh, you know, we, we try to adhere by the laws and the laws are changing every day and they're changing tied to these plants that we're spread, seed and keeping alive for decades in some cases. You know, it gets really stressful and complicated. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I think that, I think that, you know, regulations just going to inevitably be important um one of the ways that i heard it put was in terms of global trade uh you know once regulation is in place then you know places like malawi that have been producing cannabis for a long time you know the farmers out there have like a third of their plot or something dedicated to cannabis production they're either selling it or whatever you know um but it's a big it's a big part of their part of their uh their their livelihood and so if legalization happens that's gone any kind of value that is in these places that are still doing it's gone so regulation has its benefits and that we will start seeing you know probably like chilean weed get exported and all kinds of places in south america where it's really good and um people will be getting paid for that there'll be fair trade involved and and that's great um, and there's prices that we're all going to have to pay to kind of see it all come together, but we have to really focus on, we're all trying to globally bring this plant out of prohibition and give everybody access to it. Even if that means that some people have to kind of shift up how they're making the dollars.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Those are all good points. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, my now, opinion. No, yeah. No, that's good. We wanted to hear that. And this is good stuff. Now, like I said, we do have, there's a lot of people in Europe that listens to us, especially Germany and Slovenia. We get that from kind of your research because what you just said, they're looking at worldwide what what they want is at least deregulation or uh, yeah de- de- decriminalize medical germany did just yeah i think you have to have some pretty stout stuff but yeah medically they can All they I can, can clear- there though
3: give, yeah. them little, give them a little give a little pat on the back for that thank you germany <laughs> well
0: yeah and that's the thing is uh and that's that's our biggest listenership is from germany over there and they are oh, they're cool. trying to push for worldwide I should say decriminalization, not deregulation, but decriminalization, because you know, obviously, they want right. to still make money, but at least don't put them in jail for this crap, you know? Right? Yeah, um,
3: that's regulation, you know? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, and so I mean,
3: because if he, if same thing with alcohol. Anyway, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. Yeah, it is. It it is, and and that's the thing is you can really mirror alcohol with all this, but they're they're really not doing it. I mean, there's still there's there's quite a few exceptions when it comes to alcohol and and cannabis and. I even heard it, you know, kind of when you were talking, you're talking about, well, you know, it, um, you know, cannabis helps in so many ways. But when you say I use it recreationally or I use it to get high, all of a sudden that that old reefer madness comes back into yep. play. And I, I, call, yeah. I call BS on that because getting high is part of the damn medicine, period. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's right. Thank you.
0: You know That's that true. that is part of the medicine. It is <laughs> your computer shut off. Uh, it, it's part of the medicine. You know if if you getting that calmer, anti anxiety feeling does not come from just m- magical places. I mean, you're 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 under the right. influence of the medicine, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. fortunately enough, it's not a. Uh, a high that's going to destroy your life, it's not going to destroy your responsibilities, it's not going to destroy your ability to be a parent. I mean, God forbid, there's been times and and I'll admit this all the time that I've been uh, I guess high on cannabis and I've been much more attentive to my child's needs because I'm, you know, yeah. way more into their level of thinking, if you will, even. Yeah. Or, I mean, I don't you're know. You're a
3: lot less distracted by your phone yeah, or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And,
0: and they're, they're it's playing. It's a lot easier
3: to get into their world and play with the Duplos and stuff.
0: Well, that's what I mean. The imagination kicks in. The creativity kicks in. Yeah. And you're able to be able to talk to your kids and, and at least mm-hmm. more so on their level. And the other thing, too, is I don't know what people think is going to happen. What's the house going to burn down? <laughs> I mean really? You yeah. know what? I, I'm not capable of taking care of emergencies. I mean, is is that really yeah. what it is? You know, what right what neglect is there? I mean <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. engaging my child in imaginative play, you know, what, what? <laughs> So anyway.
3: Yeah. Meanwhile uh, the people accusing you of that are ashing their cigarette into an ashtray with their
1: kids. Or drinking their beer. alcohol. Yeah,
0: or or you know, I yeah. how many barbecues do I go to during the summer where there's a gang full of backyard kids running around and people are drinking beer, yeah. and I, and again, I don't have nothing against alcohol. I'm just saying, you know, people are using this as a, you know, a norm, and it's okay. And if yeah. you set your beer down and you walk away, it's not child neglect. But God, right, exactly. You, you know, know what I mean? mean?
3: That's that's why we compare it to alcohol, is because it's, that's the comparison that's made. So we have to stick with that. Yes, well, yeah.
1: exactly. And how many times have yeah. you seen that you walked around and seen people even at the river or the lake drinking a beer? Yeah. 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 Or how many times that a kid has been sitting literally right next to a beer?
0: Yeah, and fortunately yep. enough, when you tap out your bowl, the ashes are biodegradable. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you could blow yeah, and know, it disappears. You know, <laughs>
0: cans cans just float down the river and cause problems. But I mean, we could, yeah, that's just another issue. But you know, I I did want to just you know touch on that when you're talking about medicine. I mean, I think being you know recre you can call it what you want recreational. You're having fun, whatever. No, that's part of the medicine too. It's, you know, and and even those rec I would even say that rec users are getting a medicinal benefit when they think they're just doing it for fun. Right. Because, I would agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, you don't go to a place of a bunch of and you call it what you want, stoners, I don't care. Uh, you know, you sit around right. a party like that and no one's going to beat anybody up, you know. And so I mean, there's obviously right. some yeah. some no, action yeah. of of <laughs> Of medicine, if you will. It's true. Socialism. Yeah, you
3: know, so. yeah. I guess the only reason I draw any distinction in my head is the way it's it's set up in terms of having a medical card or not. I mean, maybe somebody's intention as to whether they... I don't know, but still, like you said, is it not cathartic and healing to laugh and food and stuff you know get it get some good sleep exactly right? to those old
1: yeah. people yeah. that don't like to laugh sometimes it may hurt
0: yeah yeah and
1: well the, the mm-hmm.
0: i guess i guess the shame is that you can't enjoy it y- you know if you're not yeah. using it to to treat yeah. a symptom of a of an ailment then y- y- it's shameful somehow or yeah, i know right, or, right. Sinful? or somehow
3: recreational use is less significant or valuable or something yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's Doesn't really strange
0: sense. it's it's like the last frontier for the people that don't want us to, <laughs> to consume it it's
3: true no yeah I, I didn't really realize it until talking to you but that's an incredible point i mean it's, it's a huge stigma that we're carrying on by even myself making that distinction you know
0: yeah yeah like, how, is, so.
3: how is it not medical yeah, exactly,
0: exactly, and yeah. and yeah, it's just it's the labels and the shame that's put on it. But let's move on from there. You know, I appreciate this has been an just an epic episode. You know, I don't even think yeah, this has been great. Yeah, I don't I, unless there's anything you want to add. I do want you to shout out to your media. Let us know how we can find you, how we can see your oh, seeds. Sure, yeah. We got yeah, all these I'm on listeners. on Instagram. Okay.
3: On on Instagram um, at full. Yep. Dot genetics, um, and then the website's that, www.fullspecgenetics.com. Okay. Uh, there's no punctuation in there. Okay. Um, it's spelled again: f f u l l s p e c, and then the word genetics. Which I'm too lazy to spell out for you. guys <laughs> no, <laughs> That's all fine. good. We'll, we'll tag out, it. We'll shout out, too. out huge, huge shout out to, to JD Short, DJ Short. They've both been extremely, extremely supportive. Uh, JD Short, Second Generation Genetics, is an amazing breeder. Um, you know, you can find him on Instagram at Second Generation Genetics. His page stands out. Um, that's really kind of, I think, the way we should all be trying to portray cannabis. He does a really good job of, of kind of holding it in the light that we've sort of been talking about towards the end here. So I wanted to really give a shout out to him. He's been really helpful kind of getting me going and keeping me on track. And uh I wouldn't really be where I am as a breeder or, you know, as a uh, grower even or as a patient without, you know, him as a connection and as a friend. So wanted I wanted to
0: give some shout outs there too. No, I'm, I'm glad you did only because, you know, we did talk to JD with you and, you know, yeah. we're really impressed with him. I, I think that... He's got some reservations with media and stuff, and we respect that. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to try to build a long-term relationship with him to show him that, you know, we're we are about breeders and farmers and growers on on the good parts, and we only want to support people. So, and we do. We really want to support him. We have seen. We do follow him, and you know, we'd love to someday be able to experience some of the genetics. We'd also just love to talk For to sure. him. And we're going to meet up with him in the next couple weeks. We, we have had some communications. Cool. So we will be meeting up with him at some point. But I think that, uh, you know, it's just you guys are in a, a real tough position on the ladder, if you will. You know, it's yeah, nice to hear. It's a scary place to be. You can talk pretty far. but <laughs> It really is. It really is. And, you know, I think that the funny, like I said earlier, I look at you and respect you as an innovator. You know, you guys are the people that are, yeah, that you guys are the front, the front front line, you know, we don't get the new stuff. We don't, we don't get these new powerful genetics without people running hundreds of other things Mm -hmm. and time and, and putting spider mites on them and running, you know, fluctuations of pH and stuff. We don't get those super breeds without people going through hell to do it. And then really not getting much credit because when it comes out, all of a sudden it's it's you know something else. So,
3: yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that because that, that's a really that's a topic that needs to be talked about more. I think you know yeah. I'm new into this and I've just seen so much of that people not getting credit for their work.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I encourage uh, our listeners. And that's, that's, go ahead.
3: I, I just want to say that's you know that's where everybody comes in. That's where you know uh, being in touch with uh, podcasts that are covering the community and following people on Instagram and really just kind of paying attention to what's happening, you know, instead of, uh, just kind of getting the seeds and growing it, you know, the more everybody can be involved, the better it is for all of us. Yeah, Um,
0: absolutely. And and none of us,
3: none of us release seeds that we don't want to know other people appreciate. So it just means a lot like hearing the support and, you know, uh, knowing that you guys are, willing to take the space to grow my stuff and
0: and Medicine
3: out of it, you know, that means a lot to me. And it means a lot to any breed you come into contact with that has any respect for themselves, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and we're, we're glad you said that too, because you know, when you're running, when you're not a farm and you're running a tier two, you know, your, your space is tight. Uh
3: you yeah. know if, right. if you're
0: home growing especially in our county uh are, the space is tight so and and the more we get yeah. involved the more we realize how important good genetics is so but we're definitely proud to have you and
1: especially when we do have the limited space we want that good genetics so exactly yeah, so we can get I mean, a good outcome of what yeah. we do have because it yeah. is our medicine yeah you're putting a lot of time into those grows
0: oh that's the thing especially, the out, and- yeah, especially outdoors you know we're starting now and then we got yeah. you know another 10 months I mean it's almost a year process yeah. and there's just so much content. I know, yeah. yeah. So much content that's going to come out uh, of that. So we will keep you updated. I appreciate it a lot being a part of that. Yeah. You know, again, it means a lot being
3: being invited into your garden for a year like that. It's no, so we, pre-
0: yeah. And we appreciate, you know, your confidence and the fact that we met you and that you're involved with the people you are, we appreciate all that. And, you know, it's just, I think that we're going to have a good time mm-hmm. and this, totally. will be, this would be good stuff. And, It truly will be used as medicine. I use it as medicine, so does my wife. So I mean
3: well, you know, get get high on it and give yourself (laughs) right?
0: We will, (laughs) sir. So uh, again, again, we appreciate you being on the show. We appreciate your time. I think that since we're running your genetics this year, we're gonna have to check in with you every month or two. I and love that. Would that be okay? Yeah, this and is then, a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to come back on. Yeah, and then you can just we can get updates and we can kind of update you and share with our listeners what's going on because we'll have the media. We're gonna have a page up with your stuff. We we can't do a full content thing with your plants and not have a full page for it. So we're gonna have that yeah we're gonna have that page yeah we're gonna have that page going so
1: maybe when we come up north sometime we'll swing in have some coffee and show you some pictures of the girls as they're coming up yeah
0: absolutely yeah so uh just big good things we appreciate it again and we will talk to you soon sir hey
3: awesome thank you dude this this is a lot of
0: fun thank you and thank you for being on the show